0: you today we are going to talk about the Malice at the palace documentary that we hinted on on uh thursday it's an untold story out on netflix so we'll get our thoughts on that we'll talk a little pre-season going on there's uh pre-season always uh i always laugh at the preseason takes or whatever so we'll get into some of those and uh on thursday there was the fields of dreams game which we talk a little bit about don't have to talk about the game but i saw a lot of uh takes about other sports where they should do these like one-off games or whatever and i've got some uh thoughts on people bringing up ideas if they're saying like oh where the nfl should do it blah 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 all this and that uh, uh so i'll give uh we'll get some thoughts on that you can check us out on spotify apple podcast and the iheart radio podcast app ryan how is it uh How's it going out there today?
1: It's going well, going well. Back at it after a nice relaxing weekend. Got to play some golf on Friday afternoon. We were talking a little bit about that before we jumped on here, uh, but uh, it's it's going good, man. Just uh, like I said, just another Monday.
0: Yeah. Well, so uh, we talked about this off, but um, my uh, friend from Cleveland, he is he bought uh, a little short bus <laughs> and has converted it into. There's a bed in there and just whatever. A little living thing. Like people do that with vans. He did that with uh this bus. So he left uh school bus. Yes, a school bus. bus. Yes. A school bus. Um but a short school bus. Yeah. Um uh he left Cleveland, what, two and a half, three weeks ago, went to like Asheville or whatever, and he was gonna stay in uh Dallas just for a night because look if you're on the if you're on a trip across America, and you're going to the all of the national parks or whatever out west. What well, really is there that's gonna tickle the fancy in Dallas? Uh, well, he ended up leaving on Sunday morning. The bus, <laughs> the, the bus, the bus. Uh, he he. The bus he um, showed up on Wednesday night, and when he got there, he goes, "Man, my AC broke." It was out for the last 45 minutes. And then I was like checking out the bus a little bit. And I was like, dude, you need to get some new tires. Like one of the tires is so bald. And I sent you the picture. You saw that. It was, it was, it was bald. Like one of uh, our friends in our group chat, we said uh, (laughs) as bald as him. But uh, so then he had to get new tires. He ended up having to get three or four new tires. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got three of them. I looked afterwards. There was another one that they were generous on saying he didn't need, he, he didn't need to get a new tire. Like I thought if he wanted to be safe, he, he could have got another one. But then so they had three tires and he took it on Thursday. The technician wasn't going to be until Friday to check the AC. They're like, all right, we'll do the tires then and everything. Give back to you Friday. He goes, all right, I'll leave like Saturday morning. Then they couldn't get an extra tire in, so we didn't get it out till Saturday, and then he left Sunday morning. It was just a whole debacle with him and the bus. I mean, he was fine with it, but that was uh, an unexpected visitor for the weekend for me.
1: Yeah, so I was in a, a situation like that one time um, where, you know, you, have a, you plan for somebody to stay with you for this. At least I had a buddy who was planning on staying with me for a couple days. He's in medical school, and he was going down to Galveston to do a residency for a couple weeks. And that was right when Hurricane Harvey hit, and so what turned into a weekend of him staying with me ended up being like nine days of him staying with me, uh, which it was when I was living in my apartment, which you saw that does not, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it was it was tight quarters when Jamie and I were living there together uh, after we got married, and having him stay there, it's a uh, it's it it kind of throws you off, like you know, you're always happy to help, and like you know, you know, yeah, sure, you got a spot to to stay, but then after a couple of days, you're like, all right, I'm re- I'm ready for this dude to get out of here, and not even because like they're bad guests or whatever it's just like you just got to get back on your regular routine of life right
0: it's that but it's also you're like um damn we gotta i gotta figure out stuff to do yeah like what do you want to do um so like friday night we went out but like saturday i was like dude what do you want to do but then like the rain came and it was that kind of was like a good thing and he was tired on friday and then i was like what do you want to do on thursday afternoon or friday afternoon he goes it's too hot to do really anything outside i was like my man Love it. Like, <laughs> like what a gift from the gods gift from the gods we yeah. could you could watch we watched hit and run on netflix or whatever and and uh just a good series but i was like all right we could uh we could do stuff or whatever but uh it's too hot you're gonna be sweating all right perfect but uh it was uh that was an unexpected uh thing it was pretty uh Funny. Here we have an extra room, so it's uh, he could stay in there, and it's not a, it's not a big deal. All right. So one of the things that we talked about last week that you were excited to watch over the weekend, that I enjoyed watching, was the untold story the mouse at the palace, the big fight, probably the greatest fight in uh, American sports between two. It wasn't even between two teams. It was between the yeah. uh, the Pacers players and the Detroit fans. So saying saying uh, teams is even wrong because the players like the Pistons players didn't even throw, throw punches at, uh, at the Pacers of like one of the, the biggest brawl in American sports always gets brought up. That's always the, when, when it goes around on Twitter, um, what's an event that, uh, you wish Twitter was around for, I would say the mouse of the palace is always like in the top three or four of things,
1: Hundred percent.
0: but, uh, that was going on. What are your, uh, What were your what your thoughts And the whole thing on untold stories is telling the premise is telling the stories of the other side. So telling the stories of Jermaine O'Neal, Stephen Jackson and Ron Artest uh, slash Meta World piece. So it it, it focuses on them pretty much the whole documentary. Yeah. So. <clears throat> my first couple I mean it was
1: great re- re- really well done I think they did a great job of setting up each individual story of you know Jermaine O'Neal coming over to Indiana they ha- you know kind of how every player got to Indiana to begin with and how they were just slated to be uh you know pretty damn good and make a run at this title and uh you know so I, I loved how they how they set everything up like that Jermaine O'Neal I always really enjoyed watching him Uh, back in the NBA live days on PlayStation two, whenever I'd make a created team, he was always my backup, uh, power forward. And, uh, so, you know, big fan of Jermaine O'Neal. First thing though, I never realized, like I knew that I forgot that Reggie Miller was on that team on the mouse and the palace team. Like I, and I've seen the videos over and over and over again, you know, I guess I never realized that he was one of the guys in the suits on the court trying to kind of break things up and get players to the locker room. I thought this was post-Reggie Miller and so I guess it's one of those uh what do they call the Bernstein Bears effect where you forget you know that certain things were the way they were um but uh, my, my I I don't know I'm getting kind of long-winded here but I guess just getting to the point kind of showing that the NBA and David Stern really put this on the players when it it wasn't their fault I mean yeah could they have reacted better 100% but everyone and uh, you know, everyone at the NBA and in the media was putting this hundred percent on the players when it was the fans that were instigating it, the fans threw the soda, you know, fans are coming down on the court and throwing beers and, and popcorn whatever whatever on the players or rushing the court. So that was kind of the, the biggest thing was, you know, because we were what, I guess we were 12 years old when it happened. So you don't really uh, get the, uh, you get the full story or the full landscape of it. You just see this big fight and it's like, holy crap, what's going on? And, uh, and then how in the media, the word thug was getting thrown around over and over and over again. And I was thinking today, like, imagine if all these, you know, Bob Costas is out there calling people thugs, like imagine the, the, the pushback on that and how much he, how much crap he would get. Uh, I forget who it was, got, got, uh, some pushback because he called LeBron James crew a posse. And, you know, that's not even near as bad as calling people thugs and every, every white anchor on every uh network was calling them thugs or saying this is a thuggish behavior the hip-hop culture of the nba and things like that so that was kind of funny to see not funny haha but funny like you know to compare and contrast what would have happened in today's media if people were using that verbiage versus back then just you know 15 20 years ago and uh but i like i said i really i really appreciated how they how they made it A point that like hey look we're we're literally human beings if somebody throws a beer at you you're going to go find that person that threw a beer on you I don't care who you are I don't care what situation you're in you're going to react probably pretty similar to the way Ron Artest did and Steven Jackson all these other guys they were going to try to help the get Ron Artest out of the stands and then fans started attacking them so what are you going to do you're going to start throwing punches yourself and try to defend yourself so that was that was kind of my biggest takeaway from that whole thing
0: well the thing the thing is is the NBA, like you could there are people that still say to the day the nba is the culture like and like people still say that now so it's not i don't think it's not as prevalent or whatever but people always say oh look at the nba whatever all the hip hop stuff like they all did that and the whole thing was a as you said David Stern he they saw the nba losing some fans so they're like hey we need to make a statement and to do that and yeah they they uh they they, um, they yeah, they were the reactionary guy in the thing. The whole thing, too, and this is getting ahead, but Jamal Tinsley pretty much started the whole thing. 100%, yeah. Like that I did not know about, that he said, go get your foul. Now, I also do want to know why Carlisle was coaching that team, right? Yes. Yep. Why he had all those stars in at the end of the game um why he had the three players in at the end of the game but then Jamal Tinsley out of here saying hey go get your foul now and wasn't uh it was uh, Steven Jackson that was like no don't do that don't do that or yeah. one of them said no 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 don't do that
1: Jermaine I think it was Jermaine O'Neal. Or Jermaine was, O'Neal yeah. one
0: of them so, knew that was a bad idea to go get the foul. But then even then when they're when they're uh when they're having a little skirmish there between Ben Wallace and and our test and they were going a little long. It seemed like things were quieting down. But then not enough is said about Ben Wallace. He is, I think, co-conspirator in, in this whole thing because he is the guy then that throws his headband or a wristband at our test. Mm-hmm. And when you start throwing something at another player, that cues up homie in the stands chucking the chucking the bottle or chucking the cup at our test. And then that sets everything off. So he sees as they say, Hey, fancy what the players do and the fan and the, the player threw something at Ron, Artest. test. This is my cue up to throw something at Ron, Artest, test. And yeah, Ron, Artest test is laying on the, on the scores table. No one's ever seen that before, but he's, he's meditating. He's trying to calm calm himself down. And then guy drops a drops one in the bucket. there, a pinpoint accuracy right on our test. And then off we go. And so Jamal Tinsley, he for now I think it's going to change in the documentary. Not saying that he is going to. you didn't get to spend it. He didn't go in the crowd. He didn't throw any punches But everybody. People be like, "Oh well, Jamal Tinsley did this." And then I think Ben Wallace people were like, "Well, maybe if you didn't throw the wristband, um, you uh, this whole thing wouldn't have happened." Um, so those two things set the avalanche of just the whole debacle, and and then a guy throwing a chair. And I mean, every single fan was just launching items at the Pacers players. Like that was just a—I mean, it was uh, seeing the footage again. Every time you see it, it is—it is—it's unbelievable that that uh, everything that happened. It was uh, what a what a brawl, and just the mismanagement of the police, the Auburn Hills police. There's a woman calling nine one one. That dispatcher was like, yeah, we know about the fight. We know about the <laughs> fight. Yeah, there are people fighting. All right like that it was just like everything that went on there it was was everything but yeah you you do see another side of at least Ron Artest in this and and because you really haven't heard him talk about it I would say ever like Stephen Jackson you know his image has changed he's on the jump and he's on ESPN so that's helping him like he's good on that so people definitely have different probably a different uh take on Stephen Jackson now or whatever but Ron Artest really I mean, people always think he's just, oh, he's the crazy one. He's got and everything like that. But hearing him, you you get to see a different side of him in this.
1: Yeah, you know, and everyone always thought that the uh, him going to lay down on the scores table is him kind of like grandstanding or just being weird. Because like you said, you've never seen that before when he was actually trying to, you know, for uh, according to him and we can only take him for his word. He was trying to meditate and get himself out of that situation um that's you know with with techniques that he learned in therapy so it's like you know you see that side it's like oh so that's why he did it because yeah it was strange it was weird you know you've never seen anybody do that before ever and why would this guy do it and then you come to realize oh he's actually trying to trying to do the right thing and take himself out of the situation but i agree about the ben wallace thing too obviously you know not only him throwing stuff but carrying on as long as he did like everyone was it, like I said, it was calming down. Everyone was separated. Everyone was uh, getting to their own sides. Even Steven Jackson was like, Every, any NBA fight you ever see, nobody wants to throw a punch. He yes. said nobody ever wants to throw a punch. Everyone's just trying to be the tough guy. And uh, nobody's ever going to try to throw a punch. Any fight you see in the NBA, it ain't going to happen. And so that, that, that was the other thing, because like, I love Ben Wallace, too. Ben Wallace was you know, so much fun to watch. He's an undersized guy. I think you know, when they were doing the player introductions, they said he was 6'9", and he was playing center. He was one of the best defensive uh, rim protectors in the league at the time. And uh, so you know that, that was kind of like, again, I, uh, one of those things that I don't remember of him carrying on as long and making such a spectacle of the foul and I don't even really think the foul was that hard. Now, was it a dirty foul? Yeah, I think so because he got him while he was up in the air, and you know there was a little extra shove for sure. But I don't think it was that serious to for him to carry on like that and and make such a big scene out of out of the whole thing. But uh, it was like you said, some of the raw footage after the people are, are are throwing the chairs and you see the pile up and players on the bottom of 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 uh, of piles of people that are you know players, security guards, team officials. Uh it's it was just wild. Some of that raw footage that that you just you'd never you'd never seen before.
0: Well then Ron Artest is ready to get maced almost by a cop or, or yeah. Reggie Miller is about to get maced by a cop and he goes, dude, I'm a player. And he goes, I'm Reggie Miller. And the guy didn't know who Reggie Miller was. They were talking to that cop. They got two of the fans that were uh that were um that got punched. In there. And when they said, Oh, I'm this guy, I knew these guys were going to be the ultimate. Just those guys were going to come out looking bad or even worse. No remorse. And they're complaining that the Pistons did them dirty. Because they got hit, they got punched. You literally ran on the court and, like, clenched a fist at a player. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you're going to get hit. And then you're mad that they're not – your charges aren't – you can't press charges on them because that was an act of a self-defense and everything. Those two fans that they had, those, those guys stunk. They were They were terrible. How about the guy on the newscast? I got punched in the face.
1: Uh, I can't feel anything. I need x-rays. I need emergency help right away. And then they're like, okay, guy, get out of here. Like, yes. like, they, like, shoot him away right away because they could tell that he was just an absolute dingus. Well, they and, were, thought they were
0: going to get rich. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. For, I me mean, and, and you know, with good reason, too. You think so, too. You know, you just because... Uh, a person that is wealthier than you punches you in the face you're like oh yeah i'm gonna cash in on this but uh little did they know that you're caught red-handed on camera clenching a fist at somebody and uh and, and i forget who it was i think it was reggie miller said that jermaine o'neal missed and didn't make full connection with that guy i don't know man i've seen some punches that uh, are missed and clean connection and that looks a lot more like clean connection than well, missing. i slipped. know he slipped right i know he slipped but uh, he still dropped that dude and made pretty solid contact with his with his face. Yeah, but uh, if he
0: didn't slip, it would have been even worse. Yeah, it would have been game way, over. It would, been, it would have been way worse. And that's the so the whole thing leads up to then when they get to the prosecutor in the doc in the document, or the whatever the it was the sheriff or the prosecutor's office, and he goes, All right, we're gonna we don't care about the NBA, what their rules are. We're just gonna do this from a criminal background, and the players don't have any special treatment, the fans. They're not getting protected by the O. Oh, that's professional athletes. It's a circus out there. We can you, do whatever we want to them. Like no, it's 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 a two way it's a two way street here. Both people. If we feel like they were out of line, they were going to get charged, and none of the players got charged, but a handful of fans got charged because they instigated it. The guy throwing the cup. That guy. Uh, someone knew him in the office, so it was easier for him to get him. And then they tried to that guy had no remorse either Um, throwing the cup, which I guess I'm not surprised. Look, I'm not surprised these people have no remorse, I I guess Um, because they're going to, they're, they're, they're always going to say, Hey, we as fans can act any way we want at a game. And you see it now with all the fights in the stands, every, every, everything. There's always fights in the stands. It's just like people go to a sporting event now. And it's just like chaos everywhere. And people just forget how to act. It's just like, they just forget how to act.
1: A hundred percent, like you said, they think they can do whatever they want, uh, and and act however they want, and and they'll be free of any, uh, of any consequences because the guys on the field, they're the professionals. They're the ones that should you know be able to handle themselves and not and and not act out. But yeah, the guy that threw the beer, I mean, how about the balls on him going on and 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 doing interviews on TV and laughing and joking and making it look like he's some hero or making it seem like he was you know i don't i don't even know the right word to use but just the like i said the 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 bravado that this guy had like oh yeah you know i was the one that did it blah 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 or allegedly yada yada and making a whole joke of the whole thing and then the like you said the the district attorney was like no if it's not for you none of this happens so we're gonna come heaviest uh you know come down the heaviest on you because you were the dumbass that started all this
0: yes no that is uh and, and he, got, uh, he got the biggest charge. And then I think he, he threw the cup, and then didn't he put Artest in a headlock, too?
1: yeah so like he yeah because he, he, he let our he let test run right by him and punched yes. the other guy and that yes. was the other thing they asked do you feel bad that oh yeah he he, said no. he's like no <laughs> he goes i'm pretty happy that that
0: happened oh yeah then he, you feel bad though you probably feel the same thing you don't want to get a punch from ron artest oh
1: for sure not but i would have i wouldn't have stayed i would have you know as soon as he comes running up you'd see the back of my ass running up the stairs away from him i wouldn't be standing there letting him you know get the chance of maybe guessing right or wrong on who threw it but uh yeah, no, it, the, he he said no on that, which again, yeah, probably probably true. But just the uh the 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 confidence and and like I said, the the audacity of this guy was was just crazy. But I'm glad that the that the that the district attorney came down hardest on him because he incited the whole thing. He started yeah. the whole thing. You know, the guy throwing the chair got a big. Uh, Got uh, a lot of charges pushed against him—aggravated assault or something like that. They said, but uh, oh,
0: as he should, he threw a chair and he had the old uh, "I'm going to look and just slowly walk away like I did nothing." Yeah, just like uh, I'm going to try and get away with this—the mm-hmm. the, the true arsonist move. Oh, I didn't see it or Point over there and just walk away like, well, what yeah. happened over there and then leave. Um, but the district attorney, I thought he was like his reasoning and everything. Like he was—that was very insightful. Like that was. Quality, some quality stuff right there. Now, it didn't seem like he was really happy. He spent all the manpower and all those hours on the case, but he knew that it was going to be a big time case and that they needed to get it right. And he seemed like he was—he—he he did a—he he got it right. Yeah, and you know, credit to him. And I know we shouldn't be surprised about this,
1: but the fact that he went in it with such a level head and went in with it, like you said, we don't care what the NBA did. They're their own governing body. They, you know, levied whatever penalties they. Wanted to, but I'm going to go ahead and look at this from a lawful standpoint, from the point of justice, and and take it with a different, you know, take it from a different angle, though the correct angle, I would say. And you know, the fact that he did that, I don't know, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised that he did it that way. Yeah, no, it was it was because uh, it could was, have been easy to been like you know just to follow the NBA suit, like for oh, sure, you know the yeah it was, it was the NBA player's fault, but uh, no, that was credit to him, hat tip to him. I think he was kind of uh, the unsung hero of the whole thing for 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 doing that, making sure those stupid ass fans paid for their consequences.
0: Yeah, and then the uh, funniest line had to have been when they went to Jermaine O'Neal and Stephen Jackson after they're in the tunnel after the whole brawl. And they say Ron test sits down, and he says, "Are we gonna get in trouble for this?" <laughs> like that was an audible, an audible laughter. And they, I've surprised another Brawlden start in the Pacers. Uh, locker room after that, that they just just didn't start beating up on our test. Like, dude, are we getting in trouble? What are you talking about? Of course we're getting That was a laugh out loud moment.
1: Yeah, there was. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that, you know, everyone always said there's something, there's just something a little bit off about Ron Artest or something off about Ron Artest. And, you know, there was, and not say that he, you know, I know the, the, the correct term would now wouldn't be that there's something wrong with him. He's just, you know, different or, or has some, some different stuff going on with him. But that was like a clear cut case right there of like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe this dude isn't wired the way everyone else is. You know, there's, there's, there's something else that's going on. And, you know, he said himself he had depression and anxiety and, uh, and things like that. And so you lash out when you start, or he does. He, he would lash out when he gets under high stress situations. And, uh, that's what we would see. You know, Ron Artest was always known. I, I told Jamie because she watched it with me. I kind of explained to her the, the premise of it all and telling her that Ron Artest kind of had this, um, this uh reputation for being a loose cannon and a guy that would just fly off the edges, or you know, and and, and kind of go crazy. And she saw that when they were showing his highlights of coming over to Indiana. She was like, "Oh man, this guy's feisty." I was like, "Dude, just you wait. You haven't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen nothing yet." But uh, yeah, like I said, that that when he said, "You know, are we going to get in trouble?" was was a was a clear indicator that you know he doesn't see the world the same way majority of people do.
0: Yes, and uh, then I mean. It- He's the only one that got a title out of the whole team. Um, I did see something on Twitter. So people that were watching the documentary, they were like, damn, I got to get these Reggie Miller feelings off of me. Like, they're making me feel bad for the guy. Like, I got to go back and watch some comments, him doing commentary on some live games to get back to hating him because I don't like how I'm feeling for Reggie Miller right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was pretty funny as you do start to feel bad for Reggie Miller about that at the end. But you're like um, that. the, The thing is, too, he showed the clip of the game seven of the Eastern Conference finals the year before when the Pistons won the title. I will say, thank the Lord we're not in this NBA. Because did you see when what the final score of that game was? Did you 86-83 like or no, something
1: like that? No,
0: no. 67 to 59. It was 59-59 oh, with like three that. minutes to like four minutes to go in the in the uh in the fourth quarter it was 59-59.
1: <clears throat>
0: That's crazy. Yeah. So I was like, thank I mean we used to see a halves like this.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. We don't need this uh Sixty nine, sixty five was was uh was game seven or game six because it didn't go to game seven and ended the game six. But At least 40 65. points regularly in a quarter. I know. I know. Yeah, that was horrible. It was yeah. terrible. The yeah. Pacers. The sorry, I don't mean to get. No. I'm looking. I, I pulled up the series here. Um, the Pacers in games two scored sixty seven. They scored uh, 65 in Game Five. They scored 65 in Game Six. The Pistons then scored uh, 68 in Game Four, 69 in Game Six, and they scored 74 in Game One. The highest point total in any game was 85 points, and that was the Pistons in Game Three. The Pacers scored 83. S- these games lived in the 70s. Game Two, Game Two was 72 to 67. These games lived in the 60s and 70s that's terrible
1: yeah i mean i remember that's how the pistons won all those games you yeah. know they just that, that's just what they did they're good good defenders and were able to score just enough with chauncey billups rip hamilton tayshaun prince you know all those guys but yeah that's just kind of how they uh they operated it was funny uh you know while we're on the on the reggie miller thing when he came up on the screen Jamie goes, Hey, I know him. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, he does, he does stuff on TV, right? I say, yeah. I say he calls games on TNT. She goes, Oh yeah. She goes, I didn't know he was a basketball player in real life. And I was like, yeah, that's, and she goes, he was good. And I said, yeah, he was like really good. I said, he was like the Steph Curry of his, of his generation. Like he was one of the premier, the first premier shooters that we really saw. Uh, And I said, all the records that Steph breaks are his and she was like, "Oh, okay, that's crazy. I didn't know that." And I was like, "Yep, yep, he's, you know, one of the one of the greatest ones we've seen." And then when they were kind of introducing the whole Pistons Pacers rivalry, Jamie goes, "Wait, Detroit used to be good?" And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, they used to be really good." I so said they had like a good 3 or 5 year run there where they were really good. And then every time they would show the Pistons arena and the fans going crazy and uh and you know, the 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 um i don't know the hype team or whatever on the court getting everyone hyped up she said it like three times she just go that's crazy like she could not believe that detroit pistons used to be a good a good basketball team it was it was hilarious she Did just, she just did not
0: she, watch the last dance
1: yeah she did i guess she probably didn't put two and two together yeah she watched because she watched all all uh, every episode of that too i guess she didn't i guess she maybe she meant like
0: that super recent that, yeah yeah oh that is that is pretty funny um hey is he on tv he's <laughs> on goes, tv right now she, too she goes hey he does stuff and i was like yeah um <laughs> yeah, no, that is uh that that is pretty funny do you have anything else on it uh i think
1: that's it um like I said, it was, yeah, no, I think that's it. That was, it was, it was really well done. And uh, I think they, like I said, they, they, it was perfect. It wasn't too long because they could have really drawn it out. They didn't. And yeah. the way they set it up and kind of how every they, they, the, the way they set it up of everyone coming to the Pacers and then everyone departing the Pacers, I thought was really cool. Um And, uh you know, it was, like I said, really, really well done. Hat to, hats off to Jermaine O'Neal. I know he's one of the producers on it. And uh, you know you kind of feel for him too. You know you mentioned Reggie Miller. You kind of feel for him too for Jermaine O'Neal because he felt like he really could have got a title there. And uh, oh, the 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 last thing of when you mentioned Ron Artest, the only one to get a title out of all of them. You know they they show that uh, post game when he's sitting there with uh with uh who is he sitting there with? I forget NBA, the NBA the, TV the, the NBA TV guys and they said what are your feelings? And the first thing he says was. I should have got one with Jermaine and Steven and those guys. And I was a coward and I left. And that's all I can think about right now. And I'm the one that gets a title. And the fact that he said that, you know, on live TV, and they tried to steer the conversation, like, okay, well, you know, tell us blah, blah, blah. But like for him to say that in that moment, when he should be the happiest he is, because he just won an NBA championship. I think he had, you know, that was a series of the game where he had a really big shot, a three-pointer uh, to to kind of seal the deal or go ahead. And that's the first thing he thought of and said, you know, when he could be celebrating himself, is like, I, I should have, I should have another one of these with some other guys, but I was a coward and left. I thought that was really, you know, really, really crazy. You would never see any other NBA guy do that these days. And, and, uh, another reason why I think Ron our gets a bad rap because deep down, I think he is a good dude and, and means well. He just, like I said, sees the world a little bit differently than everybody else.
0: Well, that's a pretty self-aware. I mean, he's very self-aware percent. Like, yeah. I don't know if he was, he was self-aware back then too. He's a very self-aware, um, individual. So. Yeah, no, that was good. But again, I mean, you're going to get, as it's the untold story, that's the whole premise, you're, you're going to get the size of the guys that were never able to do any interviews or anything like that because then they weren't able to do any interviews, so then they're, they never got to share their story like we've said, but their mm-hmm. perception, they never got to change their image too, and it's taken a long, long time for at least Ron or Test or Steven Jackson to be able to change uh, the image going out there, but it's uh, it was a good one. Did you know there's also an American the AAF doc. There's one called the broken Alliance. Yeah. But, uh, you gotta pay for it. Mm. I think it's on Amazon prime. I don't know what else, but even if you have prime, you have to pay 499 for it. I'm not doing that. Uh, cause I was going to watch it, but, um, you gotta pay for that one. But, uh, that was, uh, that, uh, untold story was a good one. All right. We'll shift to the NFL preseason and we are in overreaction. I don't. It's just every year it seems like it gets worse. Every year overreactions are, are just insane. I mean the guys are going against rookie like rookie quarterbacks are going against third string defenders, second and third string defenders. Like you hope they're going to look good against them because they should look good against them. It's just I, I can't. I mean I watched the Browns game on uh, Saturday. I watched a little of the Cowboys Friday night. They had it on where we were at, but it's just like. Yeah, first of all, Garrett Gilbert and Danucci are not good. Like they might, the Cowboys might need to look at a backup situation. I know the the starting uh, receivers weren't there, but they got. Pff, it was a tough, tough sudden. But just like these overreactions, I just can't. I can't do it for pre. I cannot. Week one, fine. Your starters are out there. I'll let you overreact for week one. I still won't do it. But preseason, I just cannot. I can't see a guy throw a bomb. Be like, look at this. This is. Like the Trey Lance, that's a great throw. And the guy was wide open. Like, yeah, you could see the tools there, but I just cannot, just cannot do grandstanding right now after a preseason game, one.
1: Well, and two, with that, just like everything that's on the internet these days, either preseason is the dumbest thing ever and nobody should play in it. There shouldn't be any preseason ever. Or like you said, if a guy makes a good play, he's going to be a hall of famer. Um, and, you know, I've I've seen both sides of it. I would like to think I fall in the middle again, uh i would i would push back a little bit on the garrett gilbert stuff i think garrett gilbert is good and i think he could like and and when i say he's good he is a a a fine backup for a game or two i'm not saying he should go out there and be a starter yeah um dinucci has no business being in the league uh another funny line from jamie uh because garrett gilbert started this week correct and uh, she goes what they brought that guy back he (laughs) stinks And I said, no, no, no. Garrett Gilbert's good. You're thinking of Ben DiNucci. She goes, oh yeah, screw that guy. He sucks. I said, well, he's still on the team as well. She's like, what? Are you kidding me? That was kind of a little funny exchange there. But, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, the, uh, there you can see flashes of good plays uh Chuba Hubbard had a nice little run with the Panthers and you know you see guys make good plays and you're like oh okay that you know that was that was nice they're they're you know they're they're able to come to the NFL and make plays against guys that are in the NFL as well whether they are the third fourth fifth string whatever you what you know whatever have you but uh no 100% Right before preseason starts, everyone, hey, it's just preseason. Just preseason. You see Trey Lance throw an eighty-yard bomb. Oh my God, trade Jimmy G right now. Trey Lance is the future. You're good for the next fifteen years. Justin Fields, best quarterback we've seen in Chicago. Like, hey, let's. Well, that's not a high bar though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but it's like, hey, let's temper expectations a little bit. Let's just, it's the the first week of of preseason. We had what sixteen games. Fifteen of them went under the the uh the total points, so it's not like people are out there lighting it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's temper expectations a little bit. Let's pull it back. There's only three of them this this year. Maybe by the third one, second one, third one, you can start getting a little more excited because we are closer to week one. But even even week one through like three or four, you still kind of have to temper expectations a little bit because I always say week five, six, seven. That's when you kind of start finding out who teams are and and seeing what direction their season might go. But uh, yeah, the preseason hype is is. Is tiresome.
0: But then you're you're playing a double edged sword because now you're gallivanting about Sam Ellinger. No, Sam Ellinger is just going out there making
1: plays. And that's farther <laughs> no, proving
0: my no, point that no. the guy is good in the second half of preseason, which is against the doldrums of the squad. Not even when I quarterback to I, I, play. And,
1: and what I say, Chuba Hubbard made a nice play. Justin Fields had a good game like, hey, they made great plays. Good job. <laughs> Sam Ellinger did the same thing. Hey, making good plays against guys in the NFL (laughs) as well as a rookie quarterback. Good job. Now, once this happens in the regular season, I'll be like, see, I told you so. (laughs)
0: Um, If he even plays in the regular season. Um, But uh, no, I just it seems like it's at a worse this year with it. I don't I don't know. Well, obviously, we didn't have it last year, Mm -hmm. Um, but it just seemed like so far the week one. But I guess also the thing is, too, there's. The year before, there weren't. I don't think that many high profile. Oh, you know what I? You know what? You know what? One made me uh, hilarious. What I what I was laughing at that I thought was so funny. Was that this dude in Pittsburgh, Andrew Filippone? I think he's a Browns fan. I think he's like a Browns fan, but works in Pittsburgh radio. I'm not sure on that. I hope he's not a Browns fan. But he said uh, he he tweeted out on when the Steelers play Friday or Thursday night, whatever. Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah. He said Dwayne Dwayne Haskins passer rating last night was 100 oh, was 113.4, <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes 2020 passer rating was 108.1. He goes make that of what you will. I mean, he got ratioed big time uh 409 replies to 139 uh uh retweets but he's been on the Haskins trade but like seriously like he's saying Haskins should probably start over Roethlisberger, I think or he's 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 claiming that Haskins is the quarterback of the future for uh for the Steelers, which I hope I hope they listen to this guy because I would love that. But it's, it's just like these just stop making uh stop saying that. Yeah,
1: stop stop anointing guys in the preseason when they play, when they play three series or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. And and like you said, if Dwayne Haskins is uh, is the future of Pittsburgh, and everybody in the NFC North or uh, AFC North, excuse me, is going to be living good. That defense, uh, you know, those defenses are already tough enough. I mean, good luck if you're a Pittsburgh fan. Like, I wish Dwayne Haskins the best, but I saw it with my own two, and I, two eyes. The guy tries to play, tries to be a gamer through it, can't do it, uh, makes some bonehead decisions. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those things where uh, guys are just talking out of the side of their neck, not making any sense. There was a, a situation in Washington where a wide receiver that's been on the roster the last three years, Kelvin Harmon, got cut, hasn't played in but, I don't know, a handful of games, and everyone's like, oh, man, he has so much potential. He he really could. I'm like, we have 10 wide receivers on our roster right now. Four of them or five of them you can already count in as making the team. The guy couldn't stay healthy. He was drafted by the previous coaching regime. So we had an uphill battle already. And so everyone – that's the other thing about preseason. Everyone making – uh, you know, thinking they're GM of the year when they're sitting on their couch on, the, on the, the old Twitter machine. Why'd you cut this guy? Oh, I can't believe we cut this guy. Why aren't we signing this guy? Why isn't this guy playing with the starters? It's like, buddy, relax, take a seat back because you know, as soon as week one starts, you're going to be waving your flag and, and pumping your chest for whoever's on that field, regardless. So stop playing armchair GM and uh, let's uh, let's let's chill out a little bit here.
0: Yes, but the big star of the preseason had to have been team, Tim Tebow. Um,
1: I feel so bad for him, man. It's I like do, I, I I want feel-
0: I want him to be
1: I want him to be good. I want him to be successful in this new role. But it's just like everything he does is gonna be put under a microscope. And that that blocking scenario oh, or that blessed situation where he was tough. He, I mean, credit to him. He seals the guy off to where he, they were able to bust off a nice little run, but then he spears his offensive lineman directly <laughs> in the chest. And even, even the lineman kind of like walked away and was like, damn, dude, what the hell is
0: going on there? Like that, that part was kind of funny, but uh, well, yeah. He I bounced off the guy too. Yeah, He sealed it, but he bounced off. And when they replayed that, I was like, oh, this, I was like, can we rewind this? Because this is going to go by bo- like, this is. Let me be the first on the viralness of this because this is this will go viral. This Tebow block, um, you you knew right from the get go that that had a a viral potential with that. I I do feel bad for him. He was gonna catch a pass in the game, too. I don't know if you saw this, but it was the end of the first half. He was in there and they were trying to get into the field goal territory or throw or whatever, trying to hail Mary, but he is wide open down the middle of the field and Tavon Austin just runs right in front of him and steals a catch from him. Um, He just stole a catch from Tebow and the place would have gone bananas.
1: Yeah, I I did see that. uh, And why it caught my eye was because I had no idea. Tavon Austin was still in the league. I did not
0: know that Tavon Austin was still in the league either. I did not know. uh, I did not know about that as well, but all right, that's the preseason hammer the unders this weekend. Again, everybody, they're still going under. Um, but, uh, all right. So the field of dreams game was on Thursday. Very cool thing for major league baseball to do. It's supposed to be last year, but they postponed it to this year. Uh, great ending for baseball in general, as you get a comeback in the ninth and then a walk off in the bottom of the ninth. Um, so that was best case scenario. It was like the most watched regular season game, uh, in 10 years in baseball. So that was good. Only, aver- only got like 6 million, but still, I would say that's a lot for a regular season baseball game on a Thursday night in August. Um, All in all, a great environment, a great, cool scene and everything like that. But one of the things people are saying is, Oh, what can they do? Or we got to do this. Why play the whole series? No, as, as NHL has shown with the winter classic. Now they've expanded to some other stadium series, but like these one-off events are only good because they're one-off events. It's only Mm -hmm. once a year that you like it once a year. You can't, play a full series or have have multiple games there each year because the specialness of it is going to wear off and people aren't going to watch. So they just keep it once a year, but then people are bringing up, Oh, the NFL should do this. Where could the NFL do this? Where could the NBA do this? Blah, blah, blah. The NFL doesn't need to do this. The NFL is not going to do this. They get the ratings without having to trick up the game. Okay, the whole thing is to get ratings to trick up the game. The NFL doesn't need this. The NBA. Sure. Yeah, they could do a game at Rucker Park. I would say that's where it said. But guess what? When are you going to do it in the season? October or April? You're going to have to build like a roof over the thing to make sure that it doesn't rain or like it's going to be cold. Then you're going to have to fix the court because there could probably be some pretty serious injuries there uh, with the NBA game speed or the, the type of game. But like. The NFL is not going to do this because they don't need to trick it up to get ratings. Like MLB needs to do it to get ratings. The NHL needs to do it to get ratings. That's what they do. They're great ideas. Major League Baseball did the game in Williamsport for the Little League World Series. They're doing it again this week, and that's on Sunday Night Baseball. I think this is like the second or third year they've they've done it. Like that's a great idea. They're doing these little things because they want to get more people to watch. But like the NFL, they're never going to do it because they don't need to do it to trick the ratings and get ratings.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And when we were talking NBA, the first place I thought of as well was Rucker Park, Uh, maybe you could do it down to Venice Beach, they have some famous uh, basketball courts down there. But like you said, I don't I don't know how NBA players would feel playing on a street type court. Uh, You know, like you said, they they would have to they would have to rig it up a little bit just to make sure that a they're keeping the, the players healthy, you're keeping the integrity of the game uh you know intact because you know we all know double rims and and things like that although it would be cool to to see nba players play with a chain net you know just imagine hearing those swishes all the way through i think that'd be pretty dope um but no you're 100% correct the nba or the excuse me the nfl no reason to do this there's a reason why they're able to build billion dollar stadiums and pack it out week in and week out there's too much far far too much technology stuff that they have to that they would have to to bring in you know to make sure coaches can can uh, communicate with their players on the field, communicate with players, with coaches in the press box, whatever have you, or the coaches boxers should say, what have you. So yeah, no reason why they need to be able to do this. The, the, the uh... now I will say, I think it would have been cool if they did the entire series at the field of dreams game. I would have been more, uh, uh, I would have been more in favor of that, but the way that the one game that was on Friday ended, I think was, was perfect. Uh, You know, like you said, uh, back and forth there at the end, go ahead, home runs left and right into the cornfields uh, and then a, a massive walk off. That was really cool. Cause you know, the next two games, who knows, maybe that's like a 10, three game or, or something, what have you, where it's not as memorable of a, of a finish, but uh, uh, no reason for any other leagues to have to be, to have to do that. You know, we see, the NCAA play basketball games on battleships, and there's always issues with it there. Um, and, and you know, when you're pe- playing, paying million-dollar athletes, you want to make sure that they're as safe as possible, keeping the the game intact, the game integrity intact, and not put adding any extra risk just to get a few more eyeballs on on the game.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. And, I, and like, where even for NFL would they even play it? What are you gonna play it like a high school? Like, yeah, exactly. what are you gonna like? What there's no iconic NFL or football field where you're like, the whole thing has been brought up for the 17th game. Hey, if you make it like a new, if you do a, a local rivalry, like, Oh, you could play at like college, like say, hell hey, you could play, for example, like the Browns and Bengals play play at Ohio stadium or Houston and the Texans or the, the Cowboys and Texans would play at uh, UT or like something like or a and M or something like that. But like, that's not, the, that's not in the whole that's
1: not uh, the spirit of what they're it's trying not to the do
0: spirit of the field of dreams in the movie like florio has been getting a lot of crap on twitter but he did say like you might have to play in like a prison yard to, for the longest yard and like that like seriously like that would be the type of thing i mean that would be pretty sick but like that's what it's gotta that's what it's gotta be like
1: yeah no 100 percent. yeah it'd have to be like totally off the wall something that that's never been seen or done before uh for it to uh to, to make sense for them to do. Uh, yeah. Just, just wouldn't, wouldn't be worth it.
0: Yeah, no, it wouldn't be worth it. But uh, no, it was a great thing. They'll obviously do it next year. They said they're doing it next year. Um, you would have to assume that it's going to be Cardinals Cubs. I'm putting my hat in the ring, but that will be the, uh, that'd be, that yeah, I be like that. I, that would be the game. Uh, that would be the game there. But uh, yeah. No, and
1: then that's the other thing too. You can only do teams from like the central part of the U S like, I don't want to see like the Dodgers Padres out there. Yeah. I want to see only Heartland teams out there. Give me the Indians and or excuse me, the Guardians and the Reds they're out there.
0: They're still the Indians. You can call them the Indians.
1: But it not next year, the year after. No, but you can say it right now. <laughs> uh I'm sorry, I won't use that type of language on this podcast. They're playing, playing, they're
0: playing in Williamsport this weekend.
1: Uh the Guardians?
0: The Indians are playing the Angels on Sunday night baseball on Williamsport.
1: Yeah, see, yeah, the, no, but but yeah, that's see, that's what I mean. Like give give me give me the Twins and and the White Sox again. Like, you know, give me I want I want middle of America teams there only. Give me the Royals, give me like you said the Cardinals, whoever it may be. Uh, I don't want to see any uh any East Coast teams. I don't want to see any California teams, no Florida teams out there. Only heartland uh, baseball teams. But the Iowa. problem
0: is is the casual fan isn't going to tune in for the twins and the Royals on a Thursday night at the field of dreams. Like that only you're going to have to have one team with Nashville. Yeah. And probably, you know, like, you'll
1: probably do Red Sox Royals or or Yankees twins or, yes, or something like that. Like yeah. there's
0: gotta be some big, you gotta get a big, some big markets in there. Like that's why it's Chicago obviously, but with the, you gotta get some, some, the, some teams that get the interest of uh, the interest of the casual baseball fan that they could just tune in for, for an inning or two innings just to see it. That's what that's what you gotta go for. Uh, on that so it can't. I mean, now it would be cool if they did it, but. Um, yeah, that's what it's uh That's what they gotta do, but uh, no, it was a good. Uh, a good thing. I only saw the eighth inning on or whatever, because uh, I was out on out about, but uh, it looked uh, I saw the intro after it looked uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool scenes out there. Do you have uh, anything else Ryan? I don't really have anything else before we uh, wrap up here.
1: Uh yeah, I don't know if you saw the uh the fight in the NBA Summer League. Uh No. Yeah, so um it was uh the Mavs Summer League team and the Kings Summer League team. Uh guy goes up for a dunk and uh is h- fouled pretty hard. Uh I forget the guys names right now. I could probably look it up, but uh the so the the Mavs player uh fouls the Kings player. Apparently the guy that was fouled of uh, for the Kings, he's missed a lot of time for being fouled in a similar situation, fell down, broke his broke his arm. So Eugene, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Omo, omo, Uryui is the maps forward. <laughs> Holy shit. And the Kings forward is Chimezi Metu. Uh so the Kings so Chimezi, he goes up for the dunk, Eugene fouls him, knocks him down. Chimezi gets up and punches Eugene right in the face. Just Clocks them right in the face, and they both got ejected. Obviously, uh um,
0: oh, I'm watching it right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so and so, like I said, so that shimizu metu he's missed time already. Uh, I guess I guess he missed time in college and in the NBA for being fouled while he was in the air like that, and so that's why he got so pissed. And people are saying that he maybe wasn't smart to punch the dude in the face, but they could understand why he did it, and that uh, they were saying that the foul on uh, Eugene was uh, was rather dirty.
0: I don't think the foul was that dirty.
1: That's that's what like I, I he thought. He just the same stood thing. in
0: front of it. Yeah, and then, put his arm up. I mean, maybe yeah. he did give him a little push to the ground. I'm not gonna. I've seen way dirtier fouls right now. And boy, talk about an overreaction of the of the Kings guy for that foul. I mean, with the prior history, you could totally see that. But that was a big time. I would say overreaction on the Kings on the Kings part for a foul that. I mean, I was watching a little league. I think I've seen a couple worse than that, but also pretty crazy that the NBA on ESPN account just tweets that out too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that's where I'm watching. I watching it. I love it, but yeah, no that that seems like an over uh, a little overreaction.
1: And yeah, no, I would agree. And, and last thing here, uh, shout out Tyler Gilbert of the Diamondbacks. Yes, throws a no no in his first major league start. Want to talk about unheard of eighth no hitter of the year. We might be creeping. I mean, because then we saw Tristan McKenzie. What was it yesterday? Go eight perfect, and then give or seven perfect, and seven then and gave two it, thirds, seven and two thirds, and then gives up a hit. I mean, we said you might see double digit no hitters. Then the Spider Tax situation came along. We're like, okay, we we let off the gas a little bit. I mean, we still got. I guess we only got a month and a half of the season left. Probably won't see two more no hitters, but definitely got a lot closer than I thought we were going to.
0: Well, that was the first one since the Spider Tax. Yeah. Well, there was a team one. There's the a team got no, no hitter. Hit. Yeah. Um, and By then the there was Dodgers? another seven, huh?
1: By the Dodgers, I believe. Was that who it was?
0: Yes. Yes. No, the Cubs, no, hit the Dodgers, didn't they?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they were both, yeah, they were both involved somehow.
0: Yes, combined. But, uh, but other than that, there hasn't really, yeah. Ever since the spider Tech, the situation has, uh, quieted. And yesterday, it was funny, the Mc, Tristan McKenzie was perfect through seven and two thirds, but nine years ago on the day was the last, uh perfect game in baseball yeah king so felix. yes king felix so he was trying to do that uh also it feels like the philip humber perfect game was a lot uh wasn't was less than nine years ago the white yeah. Sox. yeah like, no no it, it doesn't, I, that feels like it was like i swear that was 2014 <laughs> i don't i'm not i don't believe that that was before like 2011 like i i I swear that that was before <laughs> that, that like, that was the, something's wrong on that. Yeah. Like there's no way there's no way. Yeah. I thought it was before that, but uh, no, McKenna, just McKenzie's turned it around and it was, a uh... you know, like the got... Velo was up a little bit again. Oh, uh, it's been about, it's been about, uh, where it's been since he's been back. Okay. Um, do you know though, who has the longest streak of, uh, no, or the longest no hitter drought?
1: I'm assuming the Cleveland baseball team.
0: Yeah, do you know? They haven't thrown a no-hitter in 47 years. <laughs> um, that's great.
1: But Corey Kluber just threw one earlier this season.
0: <laughs> that wasn't with the Indians. <laughs> oh, that's um, right. That's right. Uh, yeah, Len Barker his, threw a perfect game in 19... God, I, I want to say it was like August of 1971. I'm probably getting the... Getting the uh, it was oh never mind it was uh, may 15th 1981 that was uh, so 40 years ago cuz they had the 40 year anniversary so 40 years they've been without it. that's the last time they've had a a perfect game or no hitter um i mean they've been no hit a handful of times since then but uh yeah pretty uh, so they got the longest uh world series draw and the longest throw no hitter draw two things you want to be account you want to be a uh, you want to uh be associated with well i'll tell you this i used to have a baseball coach that said people
1: only remember two things the best and the worst so if you can't be the best you might as well be the worst but that's
0: not even being the worst <laughs> well
1: because they it. made
0: they made it to three <laughs> that's the thing it's not like they haven't even made it but yeah no it is uh it is close it. all right i don't know if you care about this but the uh college football ep top 25 came out just now mm-hmm. and uh Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State are the top four. Wow. Shocker. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Who would you would you say that uh, George is five, the Aggies are six, Iowa State seven, Cincinnati eight, North Carolina's ninth, or Notre Dame's ninth, and North Carolina ten. Iowa State, a lot of preseason love right now.
1: I feel like they always get a lot of preseason love. I think six is a little high for the Aggies. Um, no, then like you know, no trolling there. I do think that's a little, a little high. If Kellen Munn was coming back, maybe I would say that's not too bad. Um, Georgia's fifth. Yeah. Again, you know, you're going to get, that's going to happen. Um, it went Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Ohio
0: state, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio state.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's probably about right.
0: I would say that. We are looking though for a big battle week one. Uh Texas week one faces uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Oof. Lafayette's 23, Texas 21. I'm putting that I'm putting the horns on upset alert. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm putting them up. I'm putting on I'm putting them on upset alert right now. They're on upset alert.
1: If, if they come out week one and loose to Louisiana Lafayette after making this big stink of going to the SEC, I mean, wait for the media shitstorm that that'll be.
0: I mean, if you're a neutral, you have to root for that. Like Absolutely, that would just be yeah. too funny. Like it yeah. would be too, uh, it would be too, too funny, but all right. I think it's a good place to wrap up because Thursday will be, as we said last week, we will bring in with our college football win totals for the, uh, for the season we'll is we'll give five win totals out and then if you got a couple honorable mentions that didn't make the cut you can give those out but five win totals we'll each give them up given or getting ready for the college football season because week zero is one week from this coming saturday so we will do that on uh thursday thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you later